Okay, on page Ois uh, uh, Yud, which is page in the new in the new edition of Shin Laman Aleph, in the old edition, Ois Yud, page nine of a Mem Ois Odom. Now, this this uh, in this piece, in this piece, the Rebbe we, the Rebbe was talking about the fact that that most most people complain. That they don't have, they don't feel that they have free choice, or they don't have sufficient free choice. When they come up against certain challenges in life, whether it's Yetzirah uh, in terms of uh, financial matters, or all different types of of challenges that come up, so many people complain that they simply feel that it's a losing battle. They don't, they don't, they don't have from the beginning. They don't feel empowered with Bechir HaChavshis. And what the Rebbe is explaining in Ayis Yud is that the problem is, of course, there's Bechir HaChavshis. The problem is that you don't exist. In order for you to have free choice, you have to, Kaidim called has to be a Bechir. In order for there to be Bechir, for there to be free choice, there has to be a person who who is individuated, meaning somebody who knows who he is, who is somebody who is an Ish Prati La'atzmo, He's not just somebody that's part of a crowd, part of a group. If he's just part of a group, part of a crowd, if he's just part of the human species, or part of a particular um, chevra, like a like a uh, like a plant or like an animal that doesn't have its own individual recognition of itself, so then, how is it possible for you to make a choice, a choice that reflects your own individual? your own individual nature, your own individual choices, your own individual idea of what's important, of what's not important. How is it possible? You simply don't have your own separate, individuated, unique existence. So that's why you feel you don't have a choice. You as an individual, you have, you have decided, you have made the decision to be part of a group, and that's a very, very powerful current, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, that, that drags you along and takes you into into the into a type of behavior, into a way of life that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your own personal choices. So Kaidim Kali says, you have to be separate, you have to be yourself. That's the now that's where we're up to the second paragraph there. So how does one become this how does one distinguish oneself? How does one become separate and unique from the entire species? If it's just a question of how, how much intelligence, in other words, you consider yourself different because you're more intelligent than somebody else. Or comes with you have more of a rotsen, you have more of a will. So the Rebbe says this is kamus levad. This is just a matter of numbers. It's just a question of of quantity. It's just you have more than the other, but but in terms of in terms of the essential, the essential uh, quality of the two, it's basically the same. It's just that there's more or there's less. You have that by animals also. That there's this animal stronger than the other animal. This animal might have a more. This animal might have a little bit more seichel than the other animal. Hayalda kamus kaicha ritzayna ve'evshagam kamus daita. You say a little, a, a, a young, uh, a young person also. You could have that a child. 
could have that child, then in terms of uh, in terms of the child's strength, and even in terms of the child's uh, present state of intelligence, it's more than 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 the old than the than the old woman or with animals, uh, a young one, uh, stronger and, and more and, and more agile and more intelligent than an older one, and so on. And become a come nevertheless. The tiyos hamin v'chukas hamin is kulan makifas. Nevertheless, there are certain laws that guide the behavior of that species of animals. So the uh, so generally, even though even though monkeys are fun to watch and people enjoy monkeys dafka because they seem to have more personality, each one you know they seem to have they seem to be more fun and have more personality. But they but basically they they all they all share that common that that common type of behavior and every every animal in its species whatever that is they they that they they have a certain that they that they share that they share in common a certain way of life and a certain way of conducting themselves but the basic nitis of them in the basic inclinations and and the basic the basic lifestyle is the same there are the same laws that are guiding the behavior of all of them like Proteus, Veloishius, Bicharos. We don't have individual, we don't have any individual personality, individual separated self that's making a choice. So then there can't be Bechira Chavshis. How could there be Bechira Chavshis? There can't be free choice in such a situation. The Rebbe says, therefore, a person must be different than the Eichus, not just in how smart, how strong. How wealthy. The, the, these are usually the differences between people, just the how much. But the Rebbe says that a person must be unique, not in terms of how much, but eichius, in terms of the quality, in terms of who he is. Lo levad shechukos b'nei ha'odam halichoseyem min hageyem v'shitoseyem lo yasruhu. Not only that the ways and the customs and the different shittas, the different opinions of people and so on should not should not imprison him, should not tie him down, without looking outside or above or seeing or checking. And how many people that just have certain opinions in their family, that they're that the father, the grandfather, have certain opinions, that even politically, in the simplest things, that people just go on and on and on without ever considering or reconsidering this way of life or this way of thinking. For das halo, a person has to have das, his own das, Without this, you're not, not only you're not a Jew, you're not even a human being. You're not a Jew, you're not a human being. Each Jew in this world, in his life, must reveal within himself a unique spiritual quality. When it comes to learning and to davening, it's not just a question of how much you learn. And how much do you daven? Shaseichel b'mi the rabbalo could be someone that's, that has a lot of seichel. He's very smart. Rakam midas echiyusa yigal. In your learning, in your davening, there has to be something that's uniquely you, that's revealed within your life, in your way of learning, in your, that you have a particular way of learning, a particular way of davening. Derech zelo b'tarv that he has a certain derech. It doesn't mean that you doesn't mean that you learn stuff that no one else learns, or you, or you don't say the same words in davening. But it means that each person. In his davening, in his learning, <clears throat> there's something there's something unique in terms of how he davens and and the, what he focuses on more and how he tries to express himself and what in what he thinks about and so on. The chiddush azebatayrik sheyira a seder ba'avodezek sheyimsa, and when this person when this person comes to this chiddush to this 
his own unique way of davening and of learning. It'll be easily recognized that this is the way that this is this this person's davening. This is the way he teaches. This is the way that he this this is his way of davening. This is his way of serving Hashem. Because it's unique. For instance, the Rambam has a derech, and that derech of the Rambam is nika b'tarev v'chachmalatzmo. If anybody who's been learning for a while can open up a sefer, even if it doesn't say anything on it, the person can recognize and sense that he's that he's learning a piece of Rambam. And the Ramban had his own derech. But kolkach lama, why is that? Because these tzaddikim, each one, the Rambam had his own unique style, his own unique approach towards learning. And so did the Ramban. And each one revealed this through his Torah, through his wisdom. So the Rebbe says, You should know that it's not only these great cedars of Lebanon, not only these great tzaddikim, even all of us, regular people, as each one of us in our lifetimes must reveal our unique personality, our unique qualities, our unique way of davening, of learning, everything. And now once you've revealed within yourself who you are, and the nature of your personality and so on, and, and your atzmi is your essence, then, you will feel within that world a tremendous sense of free choice. So he says, Lift yourself up above the world. Don't get caught and stuck without being able to see yourself and who you really are. And reveal within yourself your own personality, how different you are. You're not just a member of the human race. And then you will be a person. Once you're a person, your own separate individual human being, then you can be a person who is a boy who makes choices, your own choices. And serves Hashem. You know, there's a famous, there's a, there's a famous story that uh, once Reb Chaim Brisker was, <coughs> Reb Chaim Soloveitchik was, was sitting and learning. There were other great Talmud Chachamim. There was another. I don't know who the other Rav was there that was, that was famous as being a tremendous Bucky in Shas, and he knew all of Shas and Taisus. He knew everything by heart. Reb Chaim, of course, was, besides uh, the amount that he knew, but Reb Chaim was not famous for that. Reb Chaim was famous for his his sharpness, his unbelievable sharpness, his analytical, his ana- his, his analytical abilities. So. One time they were learning, and uh, and that uh, that one that other rav that was known for his for his great for for, for, for his bikiyas, for his knowledge of shas. So he said that it says this in Taisus, and Rambam says it doesn't say that in Taisus. And one says it does say it in Taisus, and Rambam says that it doesn't say that in Taisus. And uh, they weren't sitting with any gemaras there. So then somebody brought a gemara, and Rambam was right. It didn't say that in Taisus. And the and uh, and the, that rav and the other people that were there were surprised. How did he? How did he win in this contest of bekiyas of knowledge with that other rav who was famous for knowing every tosis by heart? So, and the rav himself was 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 amazed. You, you knew that that word in tosis, you knew tosis by heart. Rav Chaim says, "No, I I, I don't know tosis by heart, but I know that tosis couldn't have said what you said. I understand tosis that tosis couldn't have said that, meaning that I have 
It means the Reb Chaim has such a feeling for what, for, for the Baliyatosus, for that derech of the Baliyatosus, for their way of looking at a piece of Gemara, for their way of thinking. The Reb Chaim said that I knew that it's not possible that Tosus says such a thing. You know, and, and, and really, really, each and every one of us, each and every one of us, and what we say and what we think and how we act, there's something different, there's something unique that we haven't, that perhaps we haven't yet revealed, especially young people, when they're very, very little, that's easier, but once they become, once they feel the security of belonging to a certain chavr or a certain group, so then it's almost impossible to identify one from the other. It's like each one's a clone of the other one, uh, even in terms of, you know, dressing, but not even talking about that. It's bechlal, an approach to life. And that, and that, this, this one could be, this one could turn out to be an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, this one could turn out to be a businessman, this fellow, you know. But they could all have different jobs. It's not, it's not, it's not a question of what they do. In this world, people often identify themselves not by not in terms of personality or anything else, but but in terms of what they do, in terms of what they do. But the in, but really, who the person is, he hasn't he hasn't yet discovered. So then, when he's crying, I feel that I simply don't I don't have the strong enough, I don't have the ability to make this choice. I don't have the ability to make this choice. Right. So, how do you know whether you have the ability? You don't even know who you are. Once you would exist. Then, then that person who you are has the strength to make those choices. But you can't make a personal, individual choice in your life if all you're doing is mimicking other people. That's all you do. You're just mimicking others. So then, naturally, when it comes to making the choices in life, you just will go ahead and mimic what everybody else is choosing. And that's basically what's going on these days. You're Aleph. Now the Rebbe is borrowing here a, a term that's found in the uh, in the Svar Makadoshim and the Kabbalah Svar. This term, he says, is called Neshamas Ha'artilois. Keshem Shahan Neshamas Ha'artilois. What does this mean? If we would translate it, it would be naked souls or homeless souls. A Neshama that's homeless. That means there is such a thing, without going into any details of something which is not Nogayatas, but there is such a thing, that after a person dies, his neshama, his soul, can't find any peace. It doesn't find a place. This is, God forbid, one of the forms of, of punishment for a, for, for a certain type of a Jew where instead of the neshama, instead of the soul either being sent back down to this world or the soul or the soul finding its rest in its place in Ganeiden, in paradise, or even or even having having a, a place and a station, God forbid, in, in Gehanim, in hell, there is a certain state that's a horrible, horrible state that's described in the Swarm. There are neshamas are tilaos. There are neshamas that simply are wandering. There are souls that are wandering. This is considered to be more torturous, more terrible than being in hell. <clears throat> neshamas that just don't have a place. So kishem shah neshamas are tilaos. These homeless or naked souls. Mibnei. He adras because they don't have any place of menucha. They don't have any place where they could rest. So therefore, as a result of that, 
As a result of that, according to the Svarim, these homeless, uh, these homeless that are looking and are not don't feel that they that, that they don't have entrance into into kedusha. What happens to them is that they will seek to find different places to enter, and different people to enter, and different worlds to enter that are lowly and disgusting and ugly into tumma, into things that are tamay, into animals that have tumma, the things that are impure and disgusting and filthy. Like 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 a bacteria, like you know. It's connected to that. Can't, so the same way this happens to a soul, God forbid, that this wandering lost soul that led that had that, that had a wasted life and as a result of that somehow there's some punishment that even after this world, it's wasting its time. But worse than that, the nature of, of this homeless soul is that in its wanderings it will enter into the, even the lowest place. So he says, Ken Gambi So even by a living person, there is such a there is such a, a life that you have even amongst those who are alive. He says, this is a concept, there's a concept here that we've spoken about from the Balshanta, we've spoken about it very often, that's called Ahava Nefula, fallen love. Let me just review with you what this means, because what the Rebbe is talking about. All love comes from, all love comes from a meter that's called Chesed. And that midah of chesed, that quality of love in its source, in its root, in its source, is very holy. However, what happens to that Ahava, and we're going to be discussing this in Mishim Shabbos afternoon also, what happens to this Ahava, to this love, is if it doesn't, if it doesn't have a home in Kedush and holiness, which means loving one's children, loving one's wife, loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, loving Torah, Ahava Yisrael, and so on, then that need of the neshama to love, <clears throat> that midah, which is a midah of kedusha of holiness, if it doesn't, if it's not expressed in kedusha, it can fall into the lowest place. You remember we were learning the, the last last two weeks ago. We were learning in that Torah in, in Tess in nine. We were learning about how the very nature of the soul is that it it desperately needs, it craves stimulation and excitement. And the Rebbe said that if it's not going to find its excitement in davening and learning, then the soul of a Jew will find its excitement elsewhere. Even, he says, in low and disgusting things. So the Rebbe is saying here is that you have such a thing where there's a person, a person who has a restless soul. And it's always said, you see, people who are greater people could fall into the lowest places. You have uh, children of tzaddikim, they don't, you know, biographies are not necessarily written about the, some of these individuals. Where these were people, who not, when they did things that were wrong, it, didn't, it wasn't stam that it was wrong. They were the, the people that, that, that had unbelievable capacity, an unbelievable ability, <clears throat> unbelievable kaychas. But when it's not connected to holiness, when they're homeless, when these neshamas, even in this world, are homeless, so then the Rebbe says that that they can enter into all kinds of tumah. 
So he's saying over here, It's not only when the person is doing an Aveira, in which case, what happens any time a, a person does an Aveira? When a person does an Aveira, he's taking his natural energy, his energy that comes from his neshama that's holy, and instead of using it in a holy way, so this person, instead of being, instead of being in love, instead of being in love with learning, so you know, instead of being in love with learning, so he's so he's in love with some with some, uh, with some something crazy. He's in love with some with some idea or with some person that's the antithesis of holiness. Same thing when it comes to year, when it comes to when it comes to the natural the natural desire of a healthy Jewish neshama to be in awe of Hashem, to revere Hashem, to be afraid of Hashem. When Yira when Yira falls into a place, when that midah which is called gvura, right? When gvura, when fear and awe and and that feeling of restraint fall into a into a place of tumah, so that's the world of, so that's that's the world of Esav. In other words, when Avram Avinu falls, that's called Yishmael. When Yitzchak Avinu falls, that's called Esav, and and that will manifest in itself in the life of a person, where the person's fears are, where the person is afraid, he's afraid of uh, of of not having the approval of others. This is what he's afraid of. He's afraid. You know, he's a, his, his greatest fear in life is losing. You know, is losing his hair, is losing his job. These are the fears that 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 that. These are the fears that preoccupy this person. So the fears that could fall into something which is silly. People have all kinds of pachadim. People have all types of fears. They live with all. They live with all types of uh, 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 of anxieties. That's year. That's fear which in its original, it's in its origin, which in terms of what it really is, in its essence, it's called Gvura. But look what happened to Esav. Yitzchak Avinu is Gvura in its holy and refined state, which means constraint, setting boundaries. Esav, so Esav says, I'm going to die anyway. So there's no point. My, my life has no point. That's when fear has fallen into into impurity. That feeling that a person has that there's no point to my life. And when a person becomes paralyzed, he can't move ahead with his life. And there are many, many people that suffer from that. What is now a secular person who's trying to help that individual will, uh, will, and is trying to cure him of that will attempt to will attempt to remove that Mida of Gvura, that quality of fear. But when the tzaddik tries to help that person, or a or a Jew who is familiar with the midas of of the neshama of a Jew, instead of removing the midas of gvura, since that person's life comes from gvura, he will teach that individual how to use that gvura in serving Hashem, and and instead of using that pacha, that fear, in a way that in a way that takes over his life and destroys him, instead. That fear will now be child into something else, just like the one who, the, the one who's the Yishmael type. And I once mentioned there's a teaching from the Vilna Gaon, which is found in the Adaris Eliyahu at the end of Chumash. That the Vilna Gaon says that Nasev and Nishma, that the Jewish people are able to say, we will do and we will hear this koch of Nasev and Nishma, we took this from Esav and from Yishmael. Nasev is Esav, Esav comes from the word Lasos, Nasev, and Nishma comes the word Yishmael. The Nasev and Nishma, the Jewish people took from Esav and Yishmael. That Esav and Yishmael 
didn't know how to use those gifts of Nasef and Ishma. And we took Nasef and Esaf and Yishmael, Shmir, listening, the ability to hear, we took from Yishmael. What does that mean? What does that mean? Nasef means the feeling that I must do something, is Nasef. I'm compelled to do something. Or, I'm, or, or there's something that I absolutely, that's absolutely forbidden to me to do. In the world of Esav, that koach of Nasev became self-destructive. So Esav was suicidal. Esav felt that he, had, he, had, he, had, he was compelled. He had no choice. <coughs> he had no choice. And there are people who feel that they simply don't have any choices in life. The Jewish people took that koach of Nasev by Har Sinai, and instead of using it, instead of using it to destroy ourselves, we used it in a way of kedusha of holiness, which means that when it comes to the mitzvahs, no matter how I feel, no matter what's going through my mind, I must do it. I feel that I have no choice other than serving Hashem. Nishma is Yishmael. Yishmael means, like it says in the, like it says in Torah, a peradam, a vildemensh, a wild man, and Nishma means to constantly, it means to hear, it means to seek. It's just the opposite of Nasa. It means I always have choices. I, I, I can always hear something new. Nishma, Yishmoel. In holiness, in holiness it means that a person is constantly seeking something new. In learning, in davening. It means I'm always, I always want to hear more. I want to feel more. But in Tumah, in Tumah it means a person who jumps from one, from one girlfriend to another girlfriend. From one relationship to another relationship. He's constantly hearing. He's, he, he's, he's never settled. He's constantly seeking something new. But what he's looking for is something new in Tumah. So Nasev and Nishma is the ability to love and to fear in Kedush and holiness. But the Rebbe says, therefore we see that this reality, this terrible reality of there being a homeless, naked soul, that, oh, that goes into into Tuma. Even by a living person, not only when he does an Aveira. When he does an Aveira, every Aveira means that I'm pouring my love or I'm pouring my ability to fear into what into something which is impure. That's what every Aveira is. Every Aveira comes from that. When a person speaks Lashon Hara, so he's using that koach adib, or whatever, whatever, it's, whatever way of speaking, whether it's chesed, gvur, teferes, netzach, hayd However he's speaking, whatever he's talking about, if he's talking about learning and davening, if he's giving another Jew chizik, if he's, uh, if he's doing his homework with a child, doing the kid's homework with him, well, then, then, then those words are words that are in chesed of kedusha and gvur of kedusha and teferes, and so on, in holiness. But if he's taking the ability to speak, if he's taking that ability to speak, which generally is Malchus, Malchus is Peh, is the ability to communicate as Malchus, speaking, and he takes that and he uses it to say, God forbid, an obscene, an obscene joke, or a word of Lashon Hara. Then he's dragging one of the Midas HaKadoshes, he's taking one of the holy Midas of who he is, of his Neshama, and he's taking it, Mamish, into the toilet. Lamokim Shofa. And it becomes enclosed, that holy Midas becomes enclosed in the other side, in the Sitra Acher. But not only that, he says, 
It's not only the reason he calls this person, he calls him on the Shoma Artilas, is because it's not only when he's mamish doing an Avera, when he's coming to do an Avera that this guy, that, 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 that he has this problem. He says, It's not like this person intends to do an Avera. How many, I mean, how many, how many Jews, certainly a person who's observant of Torah Mitzvahs, when he gets up in the morning, he thinks to himself, when he, when he says, Maidani, he thinks to himself, you know, today I'd like to do a couple of good Averis. I never met a, I never met a religious Jew that would ever think such a thing. No, the, the, to plan out an Avera. It's not like, uh, you know, I have, this day I'm going to fill this day with some Dereises and Drabonans. You know, I'm going to fill this day with all kinds of Tumah and Avera. I, I, never, I never heard of such a thing. Like the Tzaddikim say, it's true that a Jew sometimes does an Avera, but you never see him make a L'Shem Yichid before an Avera. You know, he doesn't go to the mikveh to do an Aveira. He doesn't prepare to do an Aveira. He doesn't, he doesn't start off his day thinking that this is, this is what I plan for the day. He doesn't think like that. So he says that even though it's not an Aveira, and it's not that the person's going to do an Aveira, he says, It's just a Jew who's not seeking holiness, that's all. He wakes up in the morning, he wakes up in the morning, he says, Maidani, he washes his hands, and then he starts the day, but he's not seeking Kedusha. <coughs> he's not looking for a home for a, to be settled and to have Menucha in what? In davening, in learning, and in, in speaking a certain way, in acting and looking at certain things. <coughs> he just, he's not trying to do any Averis. He didn't plan out any Averis, but he's homeless. He doesn't have a home. Not in, not in the world, God forbid, of evil. Oh, thank God he doesn't have a place and he doesn't live in the place of evil. But he also doesn't have a home in Kedusha. That's not his way. It's not his way of thinking. To seek holiness. So this person, this person who lives in such a way, this homeless Nishama, doesn't have a place of Kedusha, doesn't seek a place of Kedusha. So when he comes to davening, all right, he's a religious person. He gets up, he goes to shul, he davens. But, but his capacity to love has not found a home in Ashrei, Shemanesrei, in Aleinu. It doesn't find a home over there. He doesn't use his midah v'ahava. Person comes, person comes to daven. Davening is an unbelievable home. Could be a wonderful home. For what? For the for, for a person's love of Hashem, an unbelievable, an unbelievable opportunity to express love for Hashem. But most people, davening, that's not their thing. They'll say the words, but Ahava doesn't find its place there. So then they then they then they go then they go on the uh, they get let's say they get on the train, and as they go into the train, they, they're selling in the uh, New York Times or Wall Street Journal. So the person who gets himself a seat, he sits down and he says, Aisha Ahava Nafshi. He says, now my soul can commune with its true love, the business section of the New York Times. And then the person goes, Be'ahava, or, or if the market is not good, it's Be'ira, right, with fear and trepidation. I mean, this was something, he's, he's saying, listen, Rabbi, you're just in shul for 45 minutes. You're just in shul. Ahava, Be'ira, look, that, the Pesukah de Zimra, you went through Halalukah's, so much a hava, you could. You, there's so much of a. There's such a wonderful home for your for what for the midah v'hava in Sukkot Look at the halalukas. There's so much room for that. And when it comes to yira, 
person stands up, Shemun Esrei. So, there's such a wonderful, wonderful place for you to express, for you to find, to find a home for your Europe. But he's saying these homeless neshamas, they don't do it. Because they're not looking for Kedusha. They're not looking for a home that's, that's holy. Nebuchadnezzar, they wander. They, they wander, their thoughts wander, their eyes wander. Because they're not, they, and, they're, and they're homeless neshamas. So this, this person who could have had the most wonderful experience being at home in that place that's called Ahava Love during davening. And, but, that, but since he doesn't look for it and he doesn't feel that that's his home. So, listen, like we learned in Ice Tess, uh, and we're going to talk about this Shabbos afternoon. A Jew comes from, uh, from Gan Eden. It's not so simple. So he wants, he wants to find a home. So this person's home is in the newspaper. No one says he shouldn't read the newspaper. You want to read the newspaper, you need to be informed. But you don't have to have like this deep personal relationship and need for the newspaper. There are people that there are people that you and I know that they can't that they feel that if they went to sleep without seeing the paper, without hearing the news, then it doesn't count as one of the days of their lives. They're not like Bobby Yaman. That a person didn't see that didn't hear the news. And someone will say, You know, what's the matter with you? You didn't read the news, you don't read the newspaper, you don't know what's going on. You'll say, Did you hear today that this and this happening? I says, No. You're not, you're not a human being. But if a guy, if, but if you say to a person, did you go to sleep tonight without learning a black gemara? <clears throat> did you go to sleep without learning without learning uh, a mishnah, a shani, a little chumash rashi? Did you go to sleep tonight without saying a proper kriya shmalamita? That wouldn't bother many people. But if you didn't read the newspaper that day, then you're like you're uncivilized, you're barbaric. You're not from the you're not from the yishuv. You're not you know you don't belong. You're not part of the world. So <clears throat> what happens is that Nebuchadnezzar and the Shamas get so far blunged. They're just homeless. And Mimelu, the Rebbe says, what are you going to do? He's going to look for some place. This Neshama is looking for some place because everybody, it's, it, it's unbearable to be homeless. So here you have a person that desperately wants to love. If he doesn't have that in his marriage, he doesn't have it with his learning, he doesn't have it with his davening, he's in big trouble. And It'll be a coolie. Hi, halavai. You should just become obsessed with newspapers. Halavai or with work. But sometimes there's a nice little young woman at work that he might become obsessed with. And I, you know, there's something we're not going to talk about. Barab, the eyes begin to wander. Why? Because he has, he has, he has a whole, he has, he, he has this whole treasure house of ahava within him that doesn't have a place in kedusha. It wanders. It's homeless. And then, and then he can be sitting there, and it finds a home. And the home that it finds is what? I have a, a love that's forbidden. Something that's forbidden. Obsessions that people have with... with that people will sit for hours in front of a television. If you think about it, I'm not talking about anything religious. You have to be a moron. You spend your whole life watching what other people are thinking. And doing. I mean, even, even besides the, 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 the content. But you have to be a nut. To sit, spend your whole life in front of you're alive. What are you sitting in front of some machine? What are you, Meshuggah? So look at look how people live vicariously through these characters. That a person a person has so much ahava. You find you find these people that they'll sit there. You have you have these people. There's a girl that's telling me that this. Uh, I remember this girl told me a few years ago. A girl in high school. How there's a certain soap opera that that she that when she can't make it for that she has it. You know she tapes it. And that she has every one of these collected, and she has a whole everything on the videos of this soap opera for like the last five, six years. You know, the whole so goes on and on and on. I guess it's the same story. The whole I never, I know, I never saw my life as soap opera, but it goes on. 
and if she would and she and she can't miss so she has a friend tape and she can't it's a whole you know it's lava like you know like some like you know the dafyami you know the i say the kvias in 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 now what is it about what is it these people these the people that make these shows are very smart people you know that they're not they're not stupid people and they're mostly mostly they come from our they come from Harsina, yeah from Yaakov, a lot of these guys they're not they're smart people why is it why, what's so smart about it what they understand they, <clears throat> they understand that 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 what you get a you get an, a 16 year old girl a 16 year old girl and more than anything the imagination the the, the desire to be in love ahava ahava but uh, at that point in her life well now maybe nowadays it's when she's 10 or 11 but at that point in life uh, what's she going to do with this with this ahava the ahava is, is homeless what to love her parents come on uh, yeah you love you have a friend a girl has a girlfriend no and a boyfriend is not appropriate it's not acceptable it's not time yet even though she's dreaming about that so then what does she do so she turns on the television. If somebody could make a study of this, how many of those adult women that are obsessed with soap operas are living in such unhappy marriages that their ahava, their need to love, can't find a home with, their, with, a, with a husband and with children? Can't find a home in something that's, 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 that's Kurdish, that's holy, that's right, that's good. And instead, instead these, these neshamas wander off into these make-believe places. Start with, uh, with Start some... 100%. It's, this is connected to ice tests. And seeking that stimulation and that iris. But these are the homeless neshamas. It's very sad. So he says, So he doesn't take this ahava and draw it into the love of Hashem, into learning and so on, and love of Israel, and love of other Jews, love of a Jew. Be'efes Malkam, it doesn't since it doesn't have any place. So then, Ahava v'Hayirishaloheim nitzayit say nishmaso. This the ability of this person to love and to fear. These are sparks of his soul. These are mamish nitzayitzis. These are sparks of himself, of who he really is, of his soul. And what happens to these sparks is b'mekaymis esitrach menichnosim. Like 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 a germ, like bacteria, it's attracted to what to filth, to shmutz. And it finds its way to some shmutz and to some filth. The Ahava Vira Nasim. And it becomes a Hava and Yira that's that's raw, that's that's disgusting. That's, that's why the Tzaddikim understood. What do you think that the Balshamtiva Kodesh and all the Talmud Balshamtiv the Tzaddikim? You know, you, when you see a Yid, you see a Jew that he's so disgusting. I told you that many times there Baron Kalina said I'd rather take any time a Jew who's sitting in a bar, singing a filthy song, waving a glass of beer, Rabbi Kalina said, over some sad contemplative Jew. He says, give me the guy that's singing a filthy song in a bar, waving a glass of beer, I'll work with this guy. Because Rabbi Kalina said, because two weeks from now, he's going to be sitting, he's going to be sitting in a fabrengen, you know, waving a, waving, he'll still be waving a glass of mashke, you know, he likes a drink. But he'll be waving a glass. Now it's not called beer. Now it's called mashka. And what? And it's going to be what? The niggin with his eyes closed. He's going to be crying when he's singing Samar Khanabshi. Rabbi Kalani says, give me a yid like this. But you get me some sad, you know, some sad thinker. He says he sits like this his whole life. 
I could have, I should have, I would have, maybe, I don't know, should I have tried. I... <clears throat> so, Rabbi Arkelina was saying, I have, uh, this Jew's in love. The guy in the bar is in love. Right now he's in love with some, with some girl that's next to him. He's in love with drinking. He's in love, he's in love with the, you know, they're watching the, they're watching the bull game. He's in love and he's in love. So it's just a question of how do I take this love? How do I take this Ahava? And I'm going to introduce him to the Baruch Shalom. And I'm going to introduce him to, to learning. I'm going to introduce him to Yiddishkeit. And then it's just a matter of time. And you that this person will be filled with Ahavas Hashem and Ahavas Yisrael and Ahavas HaTayrah. This is what I was talking about. Very often you see with the children of Tzadikim. You have to be so careful the children of Tzadikim and Gedolim. They're very, very vulnerable. Because oftentimes they receive this greatness. Greatness. You know Rav Kook got into such big trouble. Now you think about what? He got into trouble for everything he said almost. <laughs> everything he said was so, was so true and so deep. So that, you know, it was not always understood. So Rav Cook wrote a few letters, and in a few places he spoke about the greatness of Jesus, the greatness of Yoshke. And right away, the old school, some of the chaver from the old school, not the big people, but the people from the old school, they take a sentence, and they highlight it from Rav Cook's letter. Do you see what he's saying? That Rav, that Rav Cook said that this person, Isaish, who we hate and we despise and we spit at when we pass by the church, that what? That Rav Cook said about him that an neshama gedor that he had a big neshama. What, what was Rav Kook saying? Rav Kook was saying that, that, that he liked the man? Rav Kook was suggesting that, that, that a Jew, God forbid, has a shaykhist to the man? Rav Kook was trying to help us understand ourselves. So therefore Rav Kook said, yeah. Rav Kook said that that person, Yashka, he had a big neshama, and so did Shabzai Tzvi. Big people have big neshamas. But oy vavoy, when big neshamas are homeless neshamas. Oy vavoy to the whole world when a big neshama is homeless. It's one thing when you have a little neshama that's homeless. The damage it can cause usually is personal. It can wreak havoc upon himself and his family. It can mess up a little world. But when you have a big neshama that's homeless, it can mess up the whole world. So Rav Kuk was saying, this Yashka, could you imagine what a neshama this man had? What a Jew he must have been? What a neshama he must have had? Because he made a chorban that has that has that, that, that a churban to the whole world and all of history, he made a churban. That to this day people are killing each other and 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 and, and people are lost in in, in in what in that tumor because of what because of this homeless neshama that was called Yashka. Therefore, the point is not to say ah he's a nobody. That's what Cook was saying. Well, you think that his that 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 the, the, that the one who was really spreading his tumor, Shaul Paul. You think he was a nobody, Paul? Shaul from Tarshish, he was a nobody? He wasn't a nobody. It's a big neshama, but a big neshama that was homeless. And therefore it found a home. What found a home in, in Tum? In Rome, in Greece, in, in, Constant in Turkey. Found a home in Tum. Couldn't stay in Yushalayim. Wasn't able to stay in Yushalayim. It's very hard to hold a big neshama in Yushalayim. It's very hard to keep a big neshama from going off and taking a look at Rome. And, and that's what happened. So he says, The greater, the more exalted the nature of this soul. It's in greater danger. The greater the danger. Therefore, when Rabbi Kalinas would see a Jew waving a glass of beer, so somebody else would say, look at this guy and say, Ach, 
I'll never, you could never be Makar of such a person. He's such a low life. How can I be Makar of such a Jew? Rabbi Karlina would look at that person and say, This is one of my guys. This is one of the boys. That's why you had, by the Balshamtiv, a Moshe Laganov. You had, you know, he had a. What do you think? It's true we had, he had. This one's a Moshe Laganov. The Balshamtiv met a person, Moshe Laganov, and he saw, though, and he ganved, when he stole, it was with a. With a yeah, he was a big guy. He was a big Ganov. He was a big Ganov. And the Balshamtiv, when he saw such a person, the Balshamtiv said, This is the. He's one of mine. Not the stealing. But this is a person that's on fire with stealing. He's not Stamaganov. He's good at it. He's talented. He cares about stealing. But <clears throat> and therefore, when the, when, when you see, therefore, nowadays you see many people. They see children. A person, a father sees a mother sees a child that's mamish, mamish, and all kinds of crazy things. God forbid. So he he could give up hope. I tell these parents, are you crazy? And I and, and you and I have seen this many many times, and we should see it in Mitzvah all the time. You see these kids. You see one of these kids that's mamish and lost in the worst place. First of all, when you talk to you, if you talk to one of these kids. You talk to one of these kids that got messed up. They're unbelievable. 99% they're unbelievable kids. They desperately want to be in love. They didn't find it in yeshiva. They didn't find it at home. So they're looking for it on, you know, they're looking for it on the street with the chaver. <clears throat> but they're, they're special people. Their mom is special. But no one is... <clears throat> I mean, no. It's a question of taking them home. Since many of them can't, in their minds, associate their experiences in yeshiva, <clears throat> many of us, our experiences in yeshiva, when we think of, uh, of, of the years of growing up and being in yeshiva, we don't think of ahava, or we think of love. So if, if a person's memory is a memory of, uh, you know, of an angry rabbi screaming that, that because you, you, you know, because you fell asleep in the middle of the, of the shia, or you lost a place in the gemara, or you, you know, you failed a test. So how many of the young people are growing up and going through the entire yeshiva system without finding a home for their desire to be in love? So then what do you want them to do with this feeling, with this need to love? What do you want them to do with it? So some of them, so they, they fall in love with, uh, with, with Game Boys or with television. Or they, they fall in love with sports. You see, the way guys are with sports. It's unbelievable. Sports. They talk about sports, you mean. What is it with sports? You see, when you see, listen, I, I enjoy also. I'm not talking about uh, exercise. That's when I see a person that's obsessed with these things. So I think of him as what the Rebbe is saying. The guy's not he's homeless. So what did he do? Says Nishan. Thank God. You know, at least he's not looking for something which is forbidden. So he, he's in love with, you know, he's in love, uh, you know, with the with the Yankees. In love with the Mets. He's in love with the team. And he hangs up pictures and he looks at every single statistic. And you say to him, and you say to him, listen, Rebbe. You know, how many home runs did Mickey Mantle hit in 1957, 1958, and he'll go through in the RBIs, and, and then, and now they have, now, if you hear a game, they have statistics, you know, we never heard these statistics, but when we were just, when we were growing up, it was just RBIs, you know, hits it, hit. now, you know, how many times did he scratch his left ear <coughs> during the World Series, you know, so the kids have even more to talk about. So you see a person who's, who's obsessed, so his ahava, his ahava, his love, has entered into such a place, it's crazy. I don't know what that means. You pretend over the internet, over on computers, you pretend to assemble teams. It's fake. It's, it's, it's oh, we used to have that. Uh, we used to play, have that baseball thing when we were kids. Stratomatic. Oh, I had I had a whole loose leaf. I made up statistics. Stratomatic. We went crazy. This is now. Now you have computers, but we do, used to do it with it on a piece of paper. And 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 <clears throat> you know every single time. 
Every single time when I, you go up to bat, you're in third grade. You're a nobody. Babe Ruth. <laughs> Bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Space is loaded. Your team's down by three. Three and two count. You know? It's crazy. But the whole Ahava, the whole Ahava of a child, the imagination of a child is so precious. And look what happens to it. Or into silly books, into silly magazines, into this Irish kite. Not that a person shouldn't enjoy a game. If you, that's not what I'm saying. But it becomes something which which takes over the nisham of a person. This is a this is a kid that if he were living in Mezbiz, right? Instead of going, instead of screaming, Yankees! Oh, these guys they go they go to football game. I I I, I don't remember this. I, the last time I went to football game was like 1967, 68. You know, uh, uh, but they tell me you have you have these people. I guess like these hicks or something that they make hachanis. They go to the parking lot and they make like a barbecue and they, uh, uh, yeah. And there's like a whole thing. See, you know, this is, you know, what do you, what do you, this guy if he would have been a mezbus, so he would he would have screamed out askinos And instead he's screaming, you know, for some stupid team. <laughs> I don't know, but the kids in school told me it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, the parking lots with the. I don't think there's any other sport, just football, right? It's a certain. I don't know. There's by football, it's a certain. So, in Israel, in Israel with soccer, crazy. People are killing each other. Killing each other. Over what? Crazy. So, look at this Ahava. But these are homeless souls. So, what happens to them? They didn't find it in Kedusha. They didn't find it in Kedusha. So they're running to clubs and to shows and to ball games and this. And they become crazy in love with all kinds of people that they never even met. It's so sad. And they never will meet. And if they would meet the person, he wouldn't give them the time of day. I remember I read someplace that this, I forgot which famous athlete, like there was this kid his whole life, he idolized this guy. And uh, like, you know, finally, finally, he met him. And he, and he said, you know, my, you know, I'm your fan for the last 20 years. And he basically told him, like, you know, drop dead. You know, leave me alone. So the guy, like, you know, he, he has every single picture of this guy. He's following his whole life, you know, where he eats on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock. You know, you have all, all these magazines, people, every single thing. And then he meets the guy, the guy tells him, drop dead. You know, bug off. It's crestfallen. I mean, you know, he'll continue afterwards. He'll say, he'll be, he'll be down in Lakaf Schuss. Bimlamet Schuss, he had a bad day, he struck out. He was a Bimlamet Schuss. It's a mitzvah, you have to be down in person Lakaf Schuss. But this is what's going on. So the Rebbe says, this person that has a big nisham is in great danger. Why? What happens if, his, if he doesn't serve Hashem with love and with fear? What happens if he doesn't do anything? What happens if that Ahav... If he doesn't... If, this, this is a continuation of Ice test that we were learning. If he doesn't... If his Ahav and his year is not... Doesn't find a home. In, in what? In shul, in learning, in davening. So what's going to be? And you know, you, 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 could, you could scream, you could cry, you could beg. The principles in Rosh Hashivas. Can you, can you give a home for my kids? Why is your, your son is not behaving? Your son is this, your son is that. So give him something that he could love. Talk to him about loving something. Talk to him about something that he could love. It could be, of course, with the Gemara. But, but how, do you, how do you help a boy love learning? You can't just scream at him and yell at him. How do you love? How do you bring him to love? Why is it that some rabbis, you go with that rabbi, the boys are in love with Torah. And you go to someone else who might know how to learn ten times more than the other rabbi. He's a big alumnus. And the kids, that all they dream about is getting out of Gemara. And closing the Gemara. And they'll never open a Gemara, God forbid, again. Why is that? 
because the first Rebbe, who might not be such a Talmud Chacham, he's a Balsaychel. And he knows how to take a page of Gemara and to make a Jewish boy feel at home. That I have a home in this page of Gemara. I have a Shaykhist that is Gemara. So he's a smart Jew. The other one, learn, just screams and says, put your finger in the place, say it over, say it over, say it over, repeat, repeat, repeat. Now you're having a test, right there. And then nobody understands how come he doesn't want to look at Gemara the rest of his life. When he hears the word Gemara, like he, he, you know, he cringes. Why is that? It's the same Mahalach. These are homeless Nishamas. So now nobody knows what's going on with the kids. So now the kids are looking at the they're, they're, they're closing the Gemara's God. They're running away with all kinds of crazy things. Sure. Sure, it's much easier. That love is much more accessible. It's much easier. It's much easier to love, to, to, to find himself a little girlfriend than to be in love with, uh, with Bava Metzia. No. So what do you want from the kids? They don't have a they don't have a home for their ahava, and even when it comes to being in their own homes with their parents, so the parents nowadays don't have the time that parents had, and don't have the patience that parents once had. So even the ahava that might have satisfied a child growing up by being in the house, he'll be lucky if his father has time to say uh, shalom aleichem aleichem shalom. Right? I caught myself I caught myself yesterday. I was asking one of the girls, one of my daughters. So how was school today? And I was already walking away. And I said, she started to answer me, and I realized I wasn't even facing her anymore. I thought about this. I, and I, then I said, I, I, I turned around. I said, what did you say? And I, was, I spoke to her, but then I thought about it. I told my wife, I said, look, what's the matter with me? What's the matter with me? Yeah, because why? Because I have a whole list of telephone calls from here to China, and I have to do this, I have to do that. My, so I, and I, but I, officially, I, I want to show my daughter that I care. How is school? And she's about to, she starts to answer me. I'm already walking on to the next phone call. It's Mam Sharishas. It's a rishus. <clears throat> and until a person realizes that he has to be able to tell the whole world, because, you know, it, t- it takes time to... For, and I still... I, I haven't learned how to do this. For a person to, to be able to say to the whole world, I'm sorry, you have to wait. My daughter's talking to me. And you'll make a lot of enemies like that because people have their issues. And when a person has his issue, he can be so wrapped up in himself, he doesn't understand why you don't... Why don't you, you abandon your family and come to me? Why don't you leave everything in this world to take care of me? People are very wrapped up in their inyonim. Very wrapped up. But our own children are chalishing for us. So listen, by our grandparents and great-grandparents, what do you think they had to do so much? Even though they went to work and they had long hours, but when they came home, they were home. Remember we once learned, Hashem told Moshe come up to the mountain and be with, be there. So I once explained this from the tzaddikim that they say, I don't want you just coming to the mountain, but when you hear hayesham, completely to be here. How many people are in marriages? They're married for 30, 40 years. They're not there. They're not there. They live there. They have the same address. They have the same papers. And how are you doing? Good morning. Good night. But the hayesham. So people are living without this ahav, without love. That's the same with with gvurit fres. That's a haydi say the malchus. It's the same thing. With love. We're, just, we're just talking about ahav because the easiest one to talk about. It's the same thing. When it comes to any of the midas, the kids used to find it in their homes. They don't find it at home anymore. Daddy doesn't have the time of day for me. Mommy is uh, it's a tumble with this and with that. She, she, has, she has her own career and she has her, uh, her own education to worry about and this and that. And the, the children are, and the children are never left like this. And if a woman says that my, that, that my entire focus is only on my children and that's my whole life is just my children... So then, then there are other ladies are sitting there thinking, what a shallow, superficial person. Because I go to Hofstra for classes. 
And this woman sitting here with diapers all day. Rachmanis. She's sitting reading fairy tales. I go to Hofstra for adult education. Go at 2 o'clock in the morning if you want adult education. In the meantime, your kid needs a fairy tale. Just like we needed. Just like, our, just like all of us needed that. So what happens to the children? And then we're going to make all kinds of classes and seminars to figure out what happened to the kids. The kids are beautiful. The kids are mamish chalishing to love and to, and to, and to fear and to fear hide everything. They want everything, the kids. We're the ones that are, we're the ones that are depriving them. With, all the more, with more money and with, more, and with everybody running to Orlando and everybody running to hotels and giving and giving and giving and giving, what the kids need most, we're not giving them. Our generation is depriving. There have never been kids as impoverished as our children. With the hotels, with the with the with the with the thousand dollar cholamite outings, this the children of our generation are so deprived. They're so homeless. And then you're wondering why is it that they run on the streets looking for somebody? Why is it they get lost into television and the videos and the, the music, the music? They get lost with the music. Why are they listening to that stuff? Their mom is finding a home and crazy things. Crazy, but they're looking. They're so impoverished, they're not even getting it at home. That's what the Rebbe says. Why is a big neshama in greater danger? Because there's a bigger part, there's a bigger soul that's homeless. So we understand what's going to happen if he finds the wrong home. Listen what a deep thing the Rebbe just ends up with. He says like this. The same way it says in Chazal. That Hashem is so kind to us. That when a Jew is strong and he sits and, he, and even though he feels like doing an Avera because something comes this way, he holds himself back and he doesn't do this Avera. Hashem says, right? if, you, if you feel like doing an Avera and you don't do it, Hashem rewards you as if you did a Mitzvah, right? It's a, it's a terrific thing. So Rebbe says, Listen what an amazing line this is. So too, a Jew who's sitting. And he could be doing a Mitzvah in other words, his love for Hashem, his, his, his natural desire to love could be, could be used right now to do a mitzvah. It's as if, it's as if, it doesn't mean God punishes him, but it's as if, it's as if he's doing an aveir. What does that mean? Because since this is a person who wants to love, but he hasn't found a home for that ahava, he, fa- he hasn't found a home, he is not looking for a home for ahava. He just goes. He goes. Just leaves shul. And he goes into his. Uh, he goes into his, his newspaper, and there he finds his ahava. So what happens? To this person, There is such a thing as a Jew, who simply is not. He's not. He's not looking for a virus. He doesn't want to do a virus. He's. A, he, he. He would feel bad. But he's not doing mitzvahs. Meaning, he's not finding a, a, a way in kedusha, a way in holiness, to express his his own being, his own essence. So it's kilo also a virus. Just a matter of time. It's a matter of time before he, he, he either he becomes like the Rebbe said at the end of test he becomes emotionally ill. He can become emotionally ill, or or he'll find uh, an avayr. He'll find some place because it's got to go somewhere. It's not going to disappear. If he makes it disappear, then he can become emotionally ill. And if he gives expression and vent to this natural feeling that he has, he's not looking for it in a gemara. He's not looking for it in a siddur. He's not looking for it with his children. He's not looking for it with his wife. So a chelud could end up someplace else. <clears throat> and that's and that's what our generation is going through. Our generation is one that has unbelievable potential. It's the generation that's going to greet Mashiach Tzakeinu. There's never been a generation that's been on the, that's, that's had as much fire and as, mu- as much ability to love and to give as our generation. The Shaila is where and what to do with that. <clears throat> and that's how our children have to. That's the chinuch that we have to give our children. 
Uh, we'll talk more about it in Mitzvah Shabbos.